Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, everybody, we are back, and I got a big announcement here, everybody. I want you to listen closely. (laughs) Robbie is back in the house. Yep. Been gone for a while. Oh, man. A long while. (laughs) Oh, man, man. So so how was was your castration? I mean, getting married. (laughs) It was good. It was... uh... It was it was pretty good. It's a whirlwind. It went by real quick. Nobody lies when they said the day you spend a year planning and then it's gone. And, Flies by. Yeah. Gone that was a honeymoon. Hours. That was a lot of fun. Went down to the Dominican. That was that was a good time and just sat and ate and, and drank fried. and got sunburnt. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, came back and I guess two two uh, two weeks later we finally got to move into our house and that was a process getting in just getting everything moved and painting all the walls and it's looking good yeah yeah it's it's looking good now a Look, little bit in, more comfortable feeling now that it's uh done and into fruition yeah yeah exactly and i got to talk to my neighbor the other day and i said i assume you didn't you saw that we haven't been home any weekend since june 11th he's like yeah i did notice that and then and then i said yeah and we're not gonna be home at all now either because her field hockey started up uh, this week. My football started up this week. Her school starts up next week. And There's always something going on to keep yeah, us it's busy. Crazy, it, it fall's a busy time. I mean, summer's a busy time. And, you know, we've been uh, plenty busy with uh, with kiddos here. I mean, tonight we're, we're recording this intro, and I got a two-year-old sitting on my lap who is playing with your playing with your watch <laughs> and probably making some noises and babbling in the background. And, you know, when I first started, we first started this, I uh, was like, oh, we got to make sure we don't have that background noise in here. And I'm at the point now where I don't care if you want to sit on my lap for an intro. That's yeah, all I'm right. I'm sure people like it. <laughs> yeah, and if they don't, well, I'm sorry. I apologize. But, uh, yeah, so are you are you, so are you going to have any time to go hunting? Oh, yeah, I'll still have time. Well, she said, you can roll your eyes at this, but she said that she wants to get up to camp more and more this fall. Oh, yeah? Which is, I'm glad i'm fine by that saturday if she doesn't have any saturday games we can go up and maybe put some trail cams up at at my family's camp and get up with my cousins and go up then but uh yeah i've been trying to shoot my bow i mean we shot together the other the other weekend and yeah you're shooting good i mean just keeping consistent reps i think is the biggest thing yeah and the biggest thing i think too i i always forget every year i end i end the year i'm 
have nice groups at 40, 50, 60 yards, and I have to remember to restart back at 20 yards and not uh, not just start slinging errors at 50 yards right away, which I always forget to do. But Yeah, I started uh, – I got my range set up at my house. I always wanted to have a 100-yard range, and I got targets from 20 all the way out to 100 in practice, and I'm trying to – I was shooting blank bail for a while, and I, I talked about this in another podcast. Are you playing music here, kid? You know, you need to get off of the YouTube there. Um, but I was shooting, uh, I was shooting blank bail. I was shooting up close, just trying to build muscle. Yeah. Cause I feel like if I go in and my muscles aren't tuned, I might, you know, get fatigued real quick, but I've been shooting, uh, I was shooting at 50 yards and I backed up to 60 a little bit and, uh, you know, I'm trying to work my way back and shoot to a hundred and then shoot a lot of reps at a hundred yards. And then probably what I'll do is when I'm getting to the point where I got plenty of reps in, I'll switch over to, uh, yeah, shoot deer, exactly. We're going to be shooting deer. I'll switch over to broadheads. Yep. But, uh, well, before uh, before this kid starts to uh, make his entrance and, and take my position as the host of this show, um, let's talk about this week's show. This week we are chatting with a reoccurring guest, uh, Mr. Phil Holcomb. And Phil is the the president of the bow hunters festival up there in forksville and for those of you who don't know the that is a like a 60 year annual event uh with one exception being covid COVID, um but that is a fantastic opportunity for people to go out shoot their bows i mean they got courses all over they got the running deer target and uh there's vendors there There, there's the camaraderie We, we we've been on this kick in a lot of our episodes lately like the the camaraderie yeah aspect and that that's big. Oh, I mean, yeah. And I, I get into that kick where I want to shoot a big deer, but at the end of the day, I think one of the, the hunts I'm looking forward to the most all the time is the ones when we go to camp and we're with everybody. Yep. It's just something about it. But uh, there's a there's a great aspect to that. But if you've never been to that Bow Hunters Festival, I mean, it is impressive. It's a three-day weekend, and it's coming up here, uh, I believe, the weekend of September 17th. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil's going to tell us all about it and kind of talk about the history of it a little bit and uh the the upcoming event what's going on what what has to happen to make that happen and uh phil's just like you and me he loves to loves to talk bow hunting so we we get in on a couple tangents here and there but uh no it's a great episode so hey real quick before we get started here shout out to little mountain outfitters guys if you need a new bow if you need to get a prime a bear a matthews a psc or if you just need to get arrows accessories or maybe you want to check out some of the saddle hunting gear rambo electric bikes maybe you need to fine tune and finally get some food plot seed you know we got that coming here you know whatever that might be it is right around the corner this season guys and uh little mountain outfitters has you covered richland pennsylvania check them out and with that lucas and i are going to head out and we're going to let you go right to this season uh yeah right to this season right to this episode right to this episode right lucas what do you do to deer? Shoot deer. Shoot deer, boy. <laughs> Shoot your bear. All right, guys, we'll catch you at the end of this. We'll see you. All right, I got another reoccurring guest with me this week, Mr. Phil Holcomb. How you doing, man? Doing great, bud. How are you? Hey, we are we're grinding. I am watching the days of preparation dwindle. I always try to... I try to have like any of the private lands that I had. I, I try to have everything 
the majority of things wrapped up by around Labor Day. That way I got like a, a month of downtime. You know, maybe I'll go and check some stuff out on public or maybe I'll just try to buy some last minute brownie points here or there. But uh, I, I'm, I always do this this year. It's like we're, we're right now as we're talking, it's the end of August leading into September. And I'm just watching the list stay the same size as it was in July and not really get smaller. Yeah, um, I can completely sympathize with that. Um, traditionally, like summer is uh, has been always been like where I do the actually like probably the least amount. Like I do like a lot of like the bare minimum stuff, the food plots, um, you know, stands checking on the stand or trimming out if it needs to be trimmed out, checking camera here and there maybe hanging a new one here or there, but like is really like I go hard basically from October till May. That's like, I, I just, that's all I do. Yeah. So summer is like, I have to play catch up. Plus uh, my wife's a teacher, uh, two boys in school. So they're home. Um, and so, you know, I, uh, I try to spend as much time, um, you know, with the family, I try to get as much done around the house. I do all that. So like summer has always kind of been a little more like, uh, or I should say a little less, uh, focused on, on my deer stuff. Right. So, um, just basically like doing the bare minimum stuff that needs to get done. And, uh, and then, and then that's it. And then also, um, the past several years, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different, uh, preparation for, for, for different stuff for me, um, being involved with the Pennsylvania Bow Hunters Festival, um, that's, that being in September, there's a lot of work that goes into making that happen. Um, so a lot of that, you know, a lot of time over the summer, uh, free time, <laughs> quote, free time, uh, you know, ends up going to, to trying to make that happen. So, um, uh, Give me the background yeah. of that, man, because you were, you shared with me kind of the history and your family and and what the Bow Hunters Festival looks like. I, I'm I'm really interested to hear what your intro to that is. I mean, I know you'll you you got the whole history background, but share with us what that's like, man. Yeah. So um, my uh, my grandfather and my great uncle were two of the founding members of the, the, um, the Pennsylvania Bowhunters Festival Association, the whole event, right? Um, my great uncle actually was the, the bow hunter of the two. My grandfather was not a bow hunter. Um, he had shot bows before, but like not into archery, not into bow hunting. Um, and even from a hunting standpoint, like he hunted, but he, you know, they grew up in the depression. So like, that was a subsistence thing. Um, it was a, a still, you know, it was a social thing back then too. So, um, they went with, you know, uh, the dads and the granddads and the uncles and everybody and the cousins up to a, a deer camp and stuff like that. But, um, my grandfather just, he was, uh, he was much more of a inventor tinkerer type person. Like he basically could make anything out of anything. Um, Growing up, like I said, in the depression, it was one of those things where if you needed something, you, you had better know how to make it. 
<laughs> you know, and uh, so he was he was really gifted with his ability to um, kind of engineer things. Uh, he was a jack of all trades, like you know, whether it was mechanical, uh, fabricating, machining, welding, carpentry, plumbing, electric, you name it. Yeah, the stuff you had to yeah. learn on your own, or you couldn't afford to do it. Exactly, and um, just incredible if i even could have a fraction of the stuff that he forgot like i'd be far 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 further ahead than i am now i feel i did not get that i did not inherit any of that from (laughs) just for the record i am i'm not i am not i'm handy enough you got the bow hunter gene though that's that's the better one if you ask me (laughs) yeah uh well the way he actually uh in the later years my grandfather um you know, got to see me get more and more into, um, hunting and, and more strategic and more involved with, um, habitat and habitat manipulation and design. And, and he was like, you could see the, the gears grinding in his head. And he was, and the one time he told me, he's like, you know, he's like, you, you may not, uh, be, you know, tearing this engine apart and rebuilding it with me. He's like, but you're doing a different kind of engineering, you know, you're, it's a different thing, a uh, different application, but it's kind of the same, the kind of the same mindset, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the same kind of, uh, like design theory, the way the parts fit together, you know, the way the pieces work together and all that stuff. So, um, maybe I got some of that like base level, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, aptitude for, for kind of thinking in those ways, but I didn't get any of the mechanical skills. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so he and his brother, my great uncle, um, really my great uncle and, and a bunch of his friends, they had a, a they had a club that was a, a bow hunting club, um, up here in Sullivan County. And, uh, they decided they were going to do like a little get together every year, you know, in the fall, uh, kind of as like a preseason, like prep, you know, get together, get a bunch of people, shoot, uh, kind of like a swap meet type deal. Like back then, a lot of people made their own gear. Um, and, uh, you know, so like that type of, that type of thing. And, um, so my great uncle kind of like was asking my grandfather, you know, like, Hey, we were, you know, we're trying to figure out like some different target scenarios for this bow hunting, you know, event that we do. And, uh, we want like some moving targets, some mechanical targets. Like, what do you think you could do? So that's kind of where he entered, uh, where my grandfather entered. So he came up with, uh, a target that's now pretty much it's, you know, it's, it's known as the running deer, uh, the running deer target. Um, and is that still the like, original like setup? Uh, more or less. So it's probably my understanding of what we're running today is, you know, so the event's been going on for 65 years. Okay. Um, it is mostly original with some various, uh, upgrades we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the actual building that houses it, um, it is new, not original. And like, uh, it, it's but it, it's essentially it's the same operating principle and it's mostly the same parts and pieces i i i have a, a coonhound uh trying to get on the chair with me 
if you see me trying to swat away, it's uh, Hank. Hank, the uh, the walk, the train walker coonhounds trying to get on the couch. So, um, at any rate, um, it's uh, yeah. So he, he, they came up with this uh, mechanical running deer target. Um, it kind of it, it got you know very popular, um, and that and like the event just started to grow. Um, you know, that that running deer target is so freaking cool and the for, for one thing just cuz it's fun but like I watch and listen to I just listened to an episode that um the Ohio podcast did Andrew Munts and Paul Campbell and they did with Dr. Ed Ashby and he was talking about his intro into bow hunting and talking about arrow setups, of course, in the in twelve factor arrows, but he made a comment at one point about shooting at at moving targets. He's like, "Well, that was just natural. We didn't know to stop deer." He goes, "We that was just a natural thing." And like nowadays, like I pers I don't personally shoot at walking deer in any case with a bow, and it, it's like shunned. You're like shunned if you do. It's just such it's a taboo. different. It, yeah, it's taboo. It's so different now. Yeah, and uh, you know. Um, and, and like, I remember there was these videos like on VHS, like way back hunting videos. I forget who these guys were, but they were from, I want to say they were from like central New York somewhere and they hunted with, with recurves. And so they made hunting videos and like, they were out, they didn't hunt from tree stands. There was no tree stand. They were all like just still hunting, spotting, stalking. They were shooting deer from the ground with these with with recurves, and they were shooting running deer with recurves. And then they showed their practice. They had a bunch of these um, truck tires rigged up with like a sack of some sort tied in and duct taped into the center of it and they would roll it down and they would shoot that you know they had like basically kind of like a like a pie plate size like target area and like the sack inside the tire and they were they were they, these guys were set, hitting that like eight eight inch circle on a running like a bouncing truck tire coming down a hill it's mesmerizing you know I mean? to me. Like I just shoot a compound and I love my compound, yeah. but like the things that people can do with some of those yeah. old setups, it just blows yeah. my mind. That's like the boys well, and the I, men. I also think instinctive shooting with that equipment, I think that's more, uh, it lends itself more to being able to shoot moving targets than kind of the modern compound, which is more like rifle shooting, like a little more like you got, you've got pins, you've got a peep sight, you have a whole draw cycle, you have this whole thing that doesn't really, isn't like, you know, like a real fast, instinctive uh, kind of type of thing. And I, I think that, I think that's a, a big part of it, but obviously there, we get a lot of people shooting at the running gear every year Absolutely. and uh, shooting with modern compounds, everything. And once you get a feel for that, like these guys are, are, are belting them in there and our, our running gear targets, it's 40 yards. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's a little bit of a poke and it's a moving target. And I would say there's a lot of guys that are more than capable of, of making an ethical shot on a moving target with a, with a compound, um, than a lot of people would think. Am I wholesale endorsing like that as a, 
you know, a way to, to, to shoot at a deer with a bow. Not, not really. No, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying there's, I think, you know, we have the, the moral and ethics police out there in the world that wants to wholesale judge everybody for everything and take it out of context. So there's, there's like a major identity crisis going on in the hunting and archery world because um, everybody wants to model off of so-and-so and and then uh, when somebody else follows a different suit and goes and follows so-and-so, then there's this, you know, pissing match back between the two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, it's like, you need to know what your capabilities are. You need to know what your goals are. And then you need to cater towards that. Like I, I shoot a, I shoot a compound. I shoot a hinge release. I wait till the deer are broadside quartering away. I try to shoot this, this type of deer on this type of ground that I hunt. And this is, and, and that's me. And I'm going to try to do that how I can. And I know that I'm not the big, you know, big, tough, uh, public land grinder like that, that we've come to do. I love that people do that, and I love hunting public land, but that's not me. That's not my identity, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah I, I always put it this way. Hunt your own hunt. Mm. That's it. That's all you have to do. And You know what? You'll be happy that way. <laughs> you know, you'll be happy that way. Just hunt your own hunt. Hunt how you want to hunt. Um, just, just own it try to get as good at it as you possibly can and enjoy it. And who cares if, you know, Joe cool guy hunts this way or hunts that way or, you know, all that stuff. Like that's just, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, just hunt your own hunt and just try to get as good at it as you can. But those to me, that's like the winning combination. Honestly, as I've gotten older and I've gone way more that direction of hunt my own hunt and try to get as good at it as I can, I have I, I have a whole new level of enjoyment. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that's the key thing. But um, anyway, we're on the bow hunters fest, man. Yeah, You're talking about the running so. deer. We're, we 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 easily do that. Get on 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 tangents and stuff. But hey, that's all right, man. Yeah. So keep on. You were you were telling me about the running deer target, the engineering behind that, and kind of leading in with uh, with your grandfather. Then that that foundation. Keep rolling, man. Great. So yeah. So I I my my introduction to the Pennsylvania Bow Hunters Festival came early. Um, I always like to say I'm. You know, I'm 42 years old, but I've been going for 43 years because I was born in October. My mom was there in September, right uh, the month before I was born. Um, so I was there in utero. You know what I mean? So I have a lot of uh, just a lot of deep, you know, family ties to it. Um, and the great part about it is there's a lot of other people like me with just very deep ties multi-generational not only on the volunteer side but on the attendee side um you know it's super critical uh to our success has just been the level of commitment um there's just something about it that uh, that strikes you know and resonates with a lot of people uh to the point where you know they're they're bringing their kids up in it their grandkids up in it, you know like they're it, it's it's phenomenal to be a part of that. It's it's just it's phenomenal to see, um, and it's just you know it, it it's something that I you know people people that know me you know basically that's like one of the things you know if 
that they, you know, one of the things that most people who know me can say, hey, name something or one thing that Phil Holcomb does. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's probably going to be in the top three things that they say is is Bowfest because. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it is. I mean, I'm always wearing a Bowfest shirt or a Bowfest hat. I'm always talking about it. Um, you know, uh, I'm always trying to recruit people. Like, hey, come on. Come on up. Check it out. Um, I'm always trying to recruit volunteers. Uh, so, you know, in this day and age, it's it's hard to find it's hard to find people who, who want to help, uh, want to work, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a longstanding tradition. It's, it's in Forksville, Sullivan County, Pennsylvania. It's at the Sullivan County Fairgrounds. Um, it's just, uh, it's a three day event. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, got the, you know, one of the, one of the more popular state parks in the, uh, in the state, right up the road, World's End State Park, plenty of camping there. It's surrounded by Loyal Sox State Forest. There's all sorts of camping opportunities there. There's private campgrounds. Um, there's uh, bed and breakfast. There's Airbnbs. I mean, there's a million ways to come up and make a weekend out of it. It's a great way um, to kind of get away uh, for a weekend, do some shooting, you know, get to eat some good food, hang out with a bunch of other people who share the same interest, uh, get some new gear. Um, you know, just, it's awesome. We have, uh, you know, the, the fairground sits right down in the, the Loyal Sock Creek, um, Valley. And, uh, on our side of the Creek where the fairgrounds are, there's a, it butts right up against the mountain. We have three 3d trails that go up onto the mountain um, I don't even know exactly how many targets there are on there. There's a lot. Uh, there's a short course, a medium course and a long course. Um, and it's, it's pretty challenging terrain. It's not flat. There's all sorts of, uh, different shots. I think the longest ones like 70 or 71 across this big ravine. Um, it's a, it's a super cool shot. Um, so there's varying distances, all sorts of different animals. Um, it's it's awesome. And then we have a bunch of stationary targets uh, ranging like from basically 15 to like 50. Um, and uh, we have kids designated um, stationary target area. Um, we have like a, the, the running deer target. Uh, we have small, small game running targets moving targets uh we have a timed clay pigeon shoot which is kind of like a competition type thing where there's a certain number of clays set up and you uh have to basically you know shoot that number of clays in a certain amount of time um that has like bleachers next to it a lot of people like to you know just kind of watch everybody go through that um then we have a steel bore challenge which is basically as the name you know implies a steel bore silhouette with a vital area um that has a soft target behind it um and uh that has a competition aspect to it as well um then of course we have vendors um different uh archery shops and generally hunt hunting related uh 
type of uh, um, merchandise. Um, and then we have food concessions. We have a big chicken barbecue on Saturday, um, Saturday afternoon. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's just an awesome atmosphere. Um, everybody gets along, you know. Um, and uh, it takes a it takes a lot of dedicated volunteers um, to pull it off. And it, you know, every year we get between three and four thousand people through the gates. So it's uh, it's a pretty big event. That's a huge event. Now you, from the time it got started. It was obviously a gathering, you know, you, you shared kind of go, can you tell me what you have seen in your lifetime kind of grow, expand, evolve to now, but what has also kind of stayed the same, maybe whether that's just a size or just a tradition aspect of that fest? Yeah. So, um, when I was a kid, you know, still pretty young, um, it, compounds were like the, the, the shift from the traditional archery, the, the recurves and the longbows and everything had just the shift from them to, to compounds had, was, had just taken place. Um, so I always kind of remember it as like, there was like a, a little bit of a comp, like competitive spirit between like the guys who were shooting the traditional equipment and the compound guys. So I kind of like, that's like the, my earliest kind of like recollection of it, like, uh, of, um, kind of how people were interacting and stuff and like how certain like competitions kind of came to be. Um, it used to be, um, like there was a, the, there was a big crowd that would, as long as we had the lights on, they would shoot all night if we, if we would let them, you know what I mean? Like, we, like it's a fairgrounds, so we had the big lights and everything. Yeah. So we shoot until after dark, but, um, I mean, it was like, it was, it was like in a good way, like a very like festive party atmosphere where it was like, Hey, we're you know, we're here to shoot, so we're just going to keep shooting, you know, and, um, and over time, um, that kind of aspect kind of mellowed out a little bit more, but I think that's because, um, back at that point in time, um, while there was still a lot of families, it wasn't as family oriented. And so, um, as I think more and more of those kind of that age, like their kids became, you know, uh, teenagers and then their twenties and stuff like that. And like, like then though, then their kids started to have kids. Like it started to get more family oriented. Um, the tradition and, fell into place. Right. And so it, it kind of mellowed out from that aspect. I mean, way back when they used to release, um, wild boars up on the mountain and drive them down the mountain to a line of guys who paid however much for a chance to, to stand there and have a board run by and, and shoot it with their bow. Hmm. Um, they used to do coon hunts. Um, guys with hounds would 
it, um, it was before uh, raccoons became a regulated fur bear species. Um, and they would they would do Friday and Saturday night. There was coon hunts, and that would run until who knows when. And there was houndsmen that would come, and they would run hounds and tree coons, and guys would shoot coons and possums and you know like all sorts of stuff. So wow, um, yeah, over time it definitely um, has had multiple kind of arrows that you know, kind of came to an end and, and the next one kind of took off. So, um, you know, I think right now we're at kind of probably like another, um, kind of crossroads era where, you know, we're starting to have <clears throat> in many cases, fourth generations are kind of starting to grow into the bow fest. So, um, you know, just kind of excited to see like, uh, kind of what the next iteration is um so you know um it's good to to see that we're we're able to kind of adapt and and uh and keep things moving so um and i'm just i'm really just blessed to have the opportunity to be a part of it i love tradition i love seeing it passed on i love that you guys got stuff set up for kids and you're seeing that continue to pass on because that's ultimately what we need to do in order to keep this sport going now i'm really curious since you've kind of taken a, a major part in the leadership role of this in your lifetime now i what what in your mind is the next step the next vision what is your your vision of growth or, or goal from perspective of this this major awesome festival that happens on an annual basis at the end of september yeah, I mean that's a that's that's the million dollar question. Um, there's a lot of challenges, um, but I think it's just a matter of um, continuing continuing the tradition. All right, so continuing with um, with the Bowfest diehards, they're gonna continue to you know. Uh, bring on the future generations but i also think we need to um continue to uh just be as relevant as possible within the bow hunting um you know community uh pennsylvania obviously you know we have a, a very rich bow hunting uh tradition we have a lot of bow hunters in this state um it's, it's something that a lot of people are very passionate about. Um, so it's just a matter of <clears throat> continuing to make sure that we, um, we just keep things as relevant as possible. Um, I have been working on, um, a couple, a number of, of projects, uh, uh, to kind of further that along. I'm just not at liberty to discuss, uh, the specifics of it yet. Um, but there will be there will be some exciting things coming along, uh, even for 2023, but 2023 and beyond. Um, Good deal. And uh, yeah, just urge everybody to uh, you know keep their eyes and ears open, and and uh, and you know good things are coming. But Any, you know, anything year, that's got you fired up about this year? Um, you know, I, this is my second second. The second uh, 
my, my third year as president, my second event, because my first year was COVID. So, mm. um, I, I'm having done one and I'm still very much involved with the running gear target area. And that's, that's just, that's, that's where, you know, that's where I, I came out of. And that's always going to be something that I'm, you know, uh, going to be a part of. So, um, as far as being the, uh, you know, being the president and stuff, I, I just, I'm kind of looking forward to this year, um, being able to, to get out and get around and just see a lot more <laughs> because again, I, I spent so much time basically in the running deer target area. There's a lot of bow fest that honestly, I never really got to see much because that's, I, I, was that's your station down there. Right. Um, I personally, I haven't even shot my bow at Belfast in like 15 or 16 years. Mm. <laughs> the, the more and more I became involved, it just was like, you know, I'd throw the bow in the truck or whatever. And then it, next thing I know, we're, we're, we're tearing down shop on Sunday and I'm like, I didn't even shoot, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, which is no big deal. Like, uh, I, I grew up shooting at Belfast. I shot, uh, uh, you know, I've shot everything. So, if that means, you know, that I, if, if, if me not shooting means that everybody else gets that, you know, continue to have as many opportunities as possible, you know, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? So, um, and, but I encourage anybody who's a volunteer with us, like shoot, go shoot, have a good time. That's a, that's a big part of this. You know what I mean? So, um, but for 2022, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, to just, getting out there and seeing the people that I, I basically only see once a year. I see them at Bowfest. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of volunteers, and a lot of attendees that I've, you know, basically known for almost three decades and I only see them three days a year, you know? <laughs> and it's like every time, every year, it's like right back where, you know, you pick up right where you left off. Right. And, and so, those are the things I really enjoy um, and I'm looking forward to. Good deal, good deal. So the event is coming up here. What are the dates again this year, Phil? 16th, 17th, and 18th of September, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Good deal, good deal. And it's been right around that same time frame for the beginning of time, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third, it's basically the third full weekend in September every year. Um, and uh, it does present some problems. I know the special regs units in in Pennsylvania, that's their opening day. Um, of course, people who travel, you know, elk hunt and western hunts in some states open up, you know, their deer seasons, you know, earlier than, uh, than that even. But, uh, you know, um, it's still uh, it, initially, you know, when, when the event started, uh, you know, hunt, most hunting seasons didn't open until the middle of October. Uh, so it was originally, it was a month before, you know, most hunting seasons open. So, um, and, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we just encourage everybody, come on up, um, have a good time, do some shooting, check some gear out, eat some good food, meet new people, come on, like, like a, I'm down in the running gear, feel free to stop down in the running gear building, get a tour. Uh, how the thing works, uh, you know, 
and uh, meet me and meet the guys who run it. Good deal, good deal, man. Anything else? Uh, anything else that um, a person from the outside looking in, somebody that never has been there, you think just uh, would would find extra appealing, or just something that like just really pulls you to that event every year? I mean, the, the one thing that I, I I like like the area at the fairgrounds there. I mean, surrounding the Loyal Sock State Forest and everything else, like it's a beautiful area. Yeah. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, like I said, there's World's End State Park is like right up the road. Um, and then the Loyal Sox State Forest is all through that area. You've got the town of Forksville, uh, which is a neat little town with a covered bridge. Um, you've got uh, Hillsgrove right down the road. Um, also covered bridge there. Um, and and uh, it's it just... Um, you know the, the just a really really nice area to spend a weekend in september um we usually uh in a lot of years we get our first frost that weekend um if not it's definitely going to be the first you know first morning you wake up and you're realizing you need another layer or two um so um that's usually <laughs> it's usually kind of a nice uh nice sign uh, that fall's coming and that, uh, we'll be in the, in the woods soon. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I just did, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's just a lot to do. Um, there's something for everybody. Uh, like I said, it's definitely a family event. So, um, you know, don't, you know, don't shy away from bringing, um, uh, wife, kids, whoever, um, you know, there's there's definitely something for everybody, and uh, you know, it just has a good a good overall atmosphere. Um, I think the diversity of different target shooting um, opportunities is not probably not matched by any other event, um, and it's uh, it's just a, a it's just fun, and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be about uh, you know, the most realistic uh, 3D hunting scenario competition. It's a lot of just fun shooting opportunities, <laughs> you know, like what, like stuff you just, you can't do it in your backyard, um, you know, and, uh, you know, like shooting them small moving targets and stuff and doing timed shoots and, you know, and those things all uh, build skills and reinforce skills that, you know, are, are a benefit to you in the woods anyway. So, um, doing those competitions, those time shoots and stuff that adds that kind of layer of pressure that you, you know, kind of helps simulate what's going on when you're trying to get a shot off on a deer, you know, um, it just, it, and, and at the same time, it's just for fun. You know, I can't, I can't stress that enough. Like it doesn't, uh, you know, you know how it, we're all pretty serious yeah, <laughs> for sure. and bow hunters and stuff. And it's so easy to put the blinders on and just be, you know, so serious about it. Um, and, and, and it's like, well then if that's the case, then why do you do it? You know, there, it, it boils down to, you got to have fun. So this is definitely one of those events where you can come out, no matter what level you are 
and you can have a great time. We were talking about this the other day. Like, I think it's healthy to have a percentage of it where you are grinding and almost stressing yourself out about it and pushing because you're pushing yourself to be better and i think when you take it as serious as we do that's a good thing but there's there's a healthy level to that some point where you have to cut it off and have fun one thing i'm thinking out loud as you're talking about the different shoots and everything else phil um can you give everybody an idea like the size of this and with respect to you know if somebody comes for one day versus an entire weekend i mean are you able to capture and engage in most of the bow fest in a day or is it too big that you're not going to be able to really engage in every aspect of it yeah i i think just one day would be would be pushing it um especially if you've never been if you've never been there before um, I, I don't think you could really take it all in, in just one day. Mm. Um, you know, it, the trails like the, on the mountain, they can get, they can get busy. So you could get into that and, uh, that can be an investment of two hours or more to get through the longest trail on a busy day. So, and then there's still the whole rest of the event, you know, um, and, uh, no, I, I think, I think making a, you know, a day and a half, two days, um, is, is well worth it. Um, and, and, and then you don't have to, and again, you don't have to be, you know, kind of under the pressure of, oh, I gotta, I gotta try to do as much as possible. You can actually stop and enjoy things and, and take your time and, and just enjoy it, you know? Um, instead of trying to feel like you got to cram it all in, you know, but, um, yeah, so I would, I would encourage people to come up, um, you know, if you're considering staying overnight, um, it's a pretty good idea to look into that probably by now, um, because things will start to get booked up pretty quick in the immediate vicinity. So, um, you know, you can still find opportunities close by but uh like some of the the real easy you know within a few minutes of the fairgrounds that stuff goes fast so um that's uh definitely definitely something to consider if you're considering over uh, an overnight stay good deal well thanks for sharing all this with us phil lastly i was wondering where can anybody like keep up with like anything to do with the bow fest whether that's just finding the dates or you, you know and is there social media stuff like what does that look like for people keeping up with it absolutely so um website is pabowhunters.com um you can just google p pa bow fest or b pa bow hunters festival we're gonna come up um and uh also on Facebook, PA Bowhunters Festival, um, and uh, that's that's really the two the two main ways right now um, is to, via Facebook and the website. So I encourage everybody to go check it out. Good 
deal. Phil, thanks again for coming on. I can't wait to share this and drop this. I hope somebody hears this and has interest in coming up to Forksville this year. And if not, put a bug in their ear for next year because it really is a fantastic event. It's um, it's all the things about hunting that we enjoy outside of the getting out in creation, the camaraderie, the the uh, companionship, and, and just the that I always call it that camp atmosphere. There's something about yeah. camp and it's, it, it's got that. Absolutely. And, and that's really what it is. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of groups that come up together and they are a hunting camp, you know, um, maybe they have a camp in the, in our general area or they're a camp from somewhere else in Pennsylvania and they come up together for the weekend. Um, at, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a camp and it's just like a continuation of the whole camp atmosphere. Um, do you, you find know, out so. of state people coming down to shoot too? What's that? Do you find out of state people coming to shoot too? Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, um, basically every single state that touch touches Pennsylvania, that borders Pennsylvania, we get a pretty strong showing from, nice. um, and then, uh, uh, and beyond, um, you know, it's it's not uncommon to have people from, you know, several states away. Good deal, good deal, man. Thanks for coming on, and uh, hope uh, hope this year is a success. And I also hope that you know it gets you tuned up. Hopefully, you can get out and fling a couple of hours and get ready for uh, for opening day here. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe this year will be the year. <laughs> Take care, Phil. All right, thank you.